Hi, I'm Andrew Davis. I'm the director of The Package, and I'm sitting here with the lovely... Joanna Cassidy. And, and I play Eileen Gallagher. And we're going to talk about the making of this movie that we had such a great time on back when. I had done Code of Silence for Orion Pictures, and Mike Medavoy recommended I direct this film. And this is a picture right here of the Russian War Memorial in Berlin. This had never been photographed by a film crew because it wasn't allowed. And when we were in Berlin scouting locations, we were able to get a German assistant director in Berlin to get us permission. This is before the wall came down. And as we look at the dates here in 1941 to 1945, uh, it happens today that we do this as the 70th anniversary of D-Day. My father, 11 days later, landed in Normandy. And with all the things that are going on between Russia and Ukraine, this film has a new relevance to me. This happens to be the south side of Chicago. This is the Pullman area where they made all the train cars. And we were able to do a lot of this film in Chicago uh, for Berlin and for Germany because Ger Chicago was built by lots of Germans and uh, they they were able to duplicate the locations beautifully. This is an old house on the south side. It was being renovated. Some young hip kids were in there renovating it and we found it and it looked just like we needed from East Berlin. This is Kevin Crowley, who was a young Chicago actor who had been part of Second City for a little while. And he plays the role of the kid who's the patsy. There's a lot of similarity in this film to what happened with the Kennedy assassination and the theories of Oswald. The girl in the red sweater is Joanne Carlson, our script supervisor. Was this shot, Andy, before I came on board? I don't know. It was I don't know, remember the schedule that well, but we shot uh, we shot a lot of the Berlin stuff early. This is John Hurd, a wonderful actor. I did works in The Guardian with me. Uh, you'll see a lot of actors in this that have worked with me over and over. Lou DeGimo uh, was actually the man who cast Matt Dillon in my first IA camera job. And James Houghton Howard, who's credited, just saw. This is the first time I worked with James and was able to work with him again on uh, The Perfect Murder and then The Fugitive, which he was nominated for an Academy Award. He was recommended by Donnie Zimmerman, one of the direct, the editors. And Frank Tidy and I did five movies together. And this is Ike Pappas, who Beverly Kame, one of the producers, recommended a real NBC correspondent. American and Soviet this location's in Lake Forest, Illinois. To an agreement. The man there on the dark coat is my father, Nate, who's been in a lot of my films. 
major problem remains. Several top Soviets... We use real Russians who from Chicago. Uh, Chelsea Ross, who was in Above the Law. The removal of the nuclear shield, leaving both sides... Joe Greco, another actor who worked in several of my films. ...expected to be finalized today. And the great Gene Hackman. Arnie Schmidt was uh, the assistant director on some Corman films when I was a cameraman, and we had grown, and, and, and he was the one brought on to help make this movie. John Bishop was a Marine who had been, uh, became a playwright, was with Circle in the Square Theater, and Toby Haggerty and Beverly Camay, along with Dennis Haggerty, had developed this script with John. Gene had just done... Uh, Mississippi Burning, and uh, and we surrounded him with a group of young actors here. On the right is Harry Lennox, who became a fantastic, well-known actor himself. Cody Glenn is a former Navy SEAL on the left I'd worked with, and that's Michael Tomlinson, who was a, a son of one of Gene's friends from the military. Gene had been a Marine himself. It was cold. The whole time we made this movie, it was cold. It was freezing. I can tell you that. Remember, I had to run in high heels in the middle of the night one night. I, I've taken people back to Chicago several times, and they Morgan Freeman threatened to kill me with love. You know, he couldn't take it. <laughs> This is the Berlin Police's ballgame. Anything goes down, you secure and hold for them. Yes, sir. What's this nose, huh? <laughs> this is the interior of that uh, school in Lake Forest. Look, do you realize Did you give me an affirmative answer on this? The man on the right is a Russian-American uh, who had never acted before. He had a great face. And... Uh, he spoke perfect Russian, so we, we cast non-actors because of their ability to speak Russian. It's my father on the left, uh, the infamous Nathan Davis. Jesus, look at that guy. Walking around the cold when he could be inside with a cup of hot coffee. He looks pissed off. Probably because he's freezing his cojones off. <laughs> The general, guys. Generals do a lot of thinking. Gene had great rapport with the kids, and you know they were so enamored with being with him, and he was so supportive of them. Look at the costumes we had to get together: proper Russian medals, proper American medals, flowers. A lot of work dressing this movie. Lieutenant. Chelsea Ross, who's head right there, he's done, had a great career and, and been in several of my films. I think he was actually in Mississippi Burning also. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is John Cusack's father, Dick Cusack, who was also Harrison Ford's lawyer in The Fugitive. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Joan's father. They have our own relationship. Just some actors that you just love to watch. They yeah. disappear in their roles. They're wonderful. Yeah. Trust. Joe was in Above the Law just before this. She's me a black German girl yesterday. A what? A black German girl. Yeah, 
To that line, she called me a Schwarz of the Black German Crows. <laughs> we made that up the day of. <laughs> Captain, moving through the woods. Two. Who's close? Tiger Papa, sir. Get him. Give me the chateau. Yes, sir. In the meantime, what better way to conclude in this holiday season, the season of... The man next to Mr. Cusack is a guy named Herb Cohn, who's a very famous negotiator, who was involved in all kinds of detente stuff with the State Department. And Alan Hamilton, there next to Chelsea, was from the Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis. Yeah, Papa Juan, we got unauthorized people about 60 yards from you. Chateau reports to meeting. That's Gary Goldman. He was in... Uh, under siege. Keep those people inside till we find out what the heck we got going here. When we shot this location, uh, it was this is real snow, and then everything melted, and and we had to wait and wait and wait for real snow to come back, and finally we gave up and we were going to put space blankets down. It looked like snow, and then just the night before it snowed again. So we were able to do this sequence. It's interesting, the decision not to subtitle this. I guess it's pretty obvious what's going on. We decided we didn't want subtitles. What the hell's going on, Papa One? I got both negotiating teams buttoned up waiting on you. We got a situation here, sir. The Berlin police are there, hand it over to them. We have no jurisdiction when they're involved. Yes, sir. So we had to find all these vehicles and make them look like they were appropriate to Berlin and to um, what was happening at the time with the Berlin police. That green leather jacket must be worth a fortune today. <laughs> I'm lost in the movie. Yeah. It's so good. This is Cusack. I am pleased mm. to announce we have reached an agreement. Yeah. Mr. Foreign Minister. From all indications, we have an agreement. And if we stay on track, it can be signed at the United Nations in 10 days. What was the compromise on verification? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there'll be a formal briefing tomorrow. Thank you very much. It's interesting because Ike Pappas was the one who was standing next to Ruby when he shot Oswald. And, and he was the main correspondent for NBC. And now to have this story, which is a kind of revisiting of the conspiracy to kill Kennedy, to have Ike involved was very interesting to me. To herald the end of the era of the nuclear threat. Although the itinerary has not been released. When we made this film, you know, the Cold War was finally starting to thaw. And uh, the timeliness of it, Gorbachev brought great hope to the world because of the disarmament and the detente that was come from it. And now you look back and what's happening now, 
and the timeliness of this story, you know, today on the news, uh, Gorbachev, I mean, uh, Putin and Obama finally shook hands after months and months of conflict over Ukraine. They're, this is the 70th anniversary of, of the invasion of Normandy and the beginning of the American involvement in World War II. It's my Romanian father speaking Russian, <laughs> and uh, he plays a good bad guy. I've always, I, most of the time, he played bad guys. Mm-hmm. He was Grandpa in Holes. That was a nice part for him. This is a Russian, or another Russian from Anatoly Davidov, I think his name was. So this is the, James Newton Howard did the score, and he, was, he, had, he had been doing sort of light comedies before this, and it was an opportunity to real stretch out. And you'll, you'll hear themes in this movie that are, that are they're so similar to what he wound up doing again in The Fugitive, and I, and I directed him that way to say, please, James, you got it. This is in a forest preserve in Chicago. Looks like just like Berlin, the outskirts of Berlin. <laughs> Billy Weber and Donnie edited the movie together and they're both incredible editors, Academy Award winning editors or nominated editors had done huge films. And it was a lovely team to have two good editors. Uh, Donnie was working with Hal Ashby at the time. And Billy, I think, had done uh, the Eddie Murphy movie, um, playing the cop from Detroit. the bad guys of Volvo to pick them up. I don't know why. I figured the Swedes were neutral. Come on, James. Come on, get him. <laughs> get, get the rest of the I'm, movie. There. I know, I know. Gene was so, you know, professional and so committed to keeping it real. And and his military background, I think, really helped understand how to relate to everybody as their leader. Well, he's so masculine. Mm-hmm. This was actually in an old German retirement home built by Germans that we were able to, as if those are crew members acting as, as pictures as terrorists, that we were able to use. Who are they? Members of a terrorist group who claimed responsibility for the attack. 
Terrorists, sir? They're pretty well organized, sir. It was like a military operation. All right, Sergeant, go. Thank you. I don't need to remind you that anything about this incident is uh, classified. Yes, sir. I'm curious, Sergeant, why you didn't search their backpacks. Oh, we tried to, sir. The uh, Berlin police, they took over. My standing orders were to uh, hand over the command to them in their territory. So these uh, terrorists dressed as Berlin police convinced you? Oh, excuse me, sir. Uh, they were real cops. Berlin police has no record of any detachment in that area during the time of the shooting. Well, if they weren't cops, sir, they sure had a lot of help. They had the uniforms, the... Uh... You're expert on Berlin police? Then all, sir. For now, yes. Thank you, Sergeant. You were with the Iran Delta operation, correct? The abortive rescue attempt? Yes, sir. Well, Sergeant, I just find it interesting that you are twice now involved in a situation where a degree of negligence has resulted in the loss of... I don't recall seeing you on that Iranian desert that night, Colonel. So this is talking about Jimmy Carter trying to get the hostages out. We were waiting. And there is some consideration that, that the right. mission was, in fact, aborted... Sundown unit. ...within elements of the military. Theories that there are too many mistakes for it to have been an accident. And then later on, there were... Two stories about October surprise, one by Gary Sick and one by Barbara Honiger, which basically said that Reagan administration with George Bush and with um, Bill Casey, the campaign manager, negotiated with Khomeini to hold the hostages until after the election, which in fact cost Carter the election. They knew that if Carter got the hostages out, he would have been reelected. So politically, this is some very interesting stuff going on here about military conspiracies, Iran-Contra. These were all big issues at the time this movie was made. And uh, I felt lucky to sort of be able to introduce them into the story, and Bishop was very open to that. He's a good soldier, Colonel, and he lost a fine boy up on that road today. I don't quite understand your attitude on this. I think he fucked up, Colonel. I think he fucked up. That's my attitude. So John is basically setting up patsies. They're setting up fall guys. They're setting up, setting up an excuse to get this overall operation in motion, which is going to be to destroy detente. Sorry to have to reach out for you like that, Sergeant. And a lot of these scenes are based upon what happened to Oswald. And in terms of his being brought back to the United States we believe the Soviet and being set up as a patsy. We want you in that group to find out what the Soviets are up to. Yes, sir. We believe that they're planning to assassinate the president of the United States. If you remember, Oswald was a, was a supposed defector I can handle who, came, it, who left the military, lived in the Soviet Union, then came back and worked for the Fair Play for Cuba Committee in New Orleans, you know you can. and in fact was met by, uh, embraced by all kinds of strange right-wing people when he came back to the United States. So there was, his, his manipulation and his involvement was great. This is the German retirement home in Chicago, which is architecture, it's just, just like Berlin. It looks 
so European you would never know it. It's amazing. We were lucky the sun wasn't out much during this all this Eastern European stuff. Yeah. What are you talking about? You're on your way, pal. You're taking back a package. Some sergeant keeps lugging officers. They want him tomorrow. Another actor I'd work with a lot from Chicago. This was a tough night. It had been raining. The gaffer Gino Cardidio said, I cannot shoot on this metal bridge at night with the rain. The producer, Arnie Schmidt, said, well, there are gaffers in California who can make it work. And Gene was fantastic. He said, you know what? If the gaffer says it's not safe, I'm not working. And it was, in, and it was, it was, really, it was really good that he stood up for the safety of the crew based upon what the gaffer said. Now, Tommy and Gene didn't get along real well here. Uh, Gene was cutting lines, and Tommy would say, he's screwing with my kids. He's taking my lines out of the script. And this was, I think, one of the last nights of shooting. And when they, when they walked away from each other, they didn't even say goodbye to each other, which, which was interesting because of the dynamics of the relationship in the movie. They respected each other a lot, but there wasn't a lot of harmony here. Here's his papers. You got orders, per diem, and tickets in there. You got a Mac flight out of here, commercial out of Frankfurt. Two, two alpha males here. Absolutely. Hey, hey, give the keys. If I were you, I'd keep the cuffs on that prick, Sarge. You ain't him, shithead. Jimmins. Hey, <laughs> leave it alone. Forget it. Anytime, Hanky. Hey, 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 hold it, hold it. Damn. Hey, hey, hold it, hold it. Damn. Get the fuck out of here. Go on, get out of here. Yeah, that's right, get out of here. Your mother's Son calling you. Bitch. Asshole. Damn. I think this is Chicago Avenue Bridge. Well, once again, we were lucky. It was cold. There's no phony breath in this movie. Is this your wallet? Give me that. <laughs> Get in there. Jesus. Well, they don't look unfriendly. They don't, no. No, no. Now, this is actually shot at Tempelhof Air Force Base in Berlin. We grabbed some shots when we were doing our... We did a sequence in Berlin that got dropped from the movie with Gene. But we, this is the real thing. This is where the Berlin airlift took place, this, where they brought in tons and tons and tons of food to keep Berlin alive when it was blockaded during the 50s. You ought to be a master sergeant by now. How many times have you been busted? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we built this uh, set on a stage in Chicago, and Jessica Lange was working next door on another movie. And a lot of actors were sharing things together. Mickey Rooker was there. And what I signed up to do. With Milos Forman or Costa Garvis was directing the other movie. I don't have a problem with that. No? <laughs> You're a mercenary, John. You're a merc for the country you were born in. You know it. You remind me of my dad. 
He had this little uh, body and fender business. He ran out of a shack right next to the house. And he had this little American flag. He'd run up on a pole sticking up out of that shack every day of his life. He runs up the American flag, and when he died, we had to borrow the money to bury him. What's the point? The point, John, is that the Soviet and American military-industrial complex has the entire flag-waving, patriotic world right by the balls. Now, you know that. <laughs> What'd you do, read a book, Walter? <laughs> it's interesting. Tommy has a similar character in Under Siege, a man who tells the truth about the system, who's been sort of screwed over by some aspect of the system. In Under Siege, he... He complains about I'll tell you what's not a joke. You go to that what's going on. The, the, the CIA's tried to get your hair kill him, and he comes back as a terrorist. And this one, he's telling these political no, truths, and uh, he's working as an assassin. Be okay with you if I call my wife. She lives in Arlington. She know you're coming home a prisoner. <laughs> Wasn't surprised or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You got a quarter? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Got a quarter. <laughs> Payphones. <laughs> yeah. Bitch. So she thought I was dead. Refers to keep thinking I'm dead. Fucker. Sorry. We got time to go by the latrine, Sarge? Yeah. This is all, these ladies' guys are part of my heavies from Chicago. Juan Ramirez here. Michael Nino. Has, come on. Nick Scriba. Step away from that mirror there, butt face. You're gonna scare yourself to death. Hey, go fuck yourself. Let's go, Hanky. Come on, piece of squid shit. Okay, Hanky, let's go. Look. Suburb of Chicago for Virginia. J. 
John Ely Davenport on the left and was uh, one of the mar marshals in uh, Fugitive, Tommy. You Mrs. Walter Henke? Yes. Um, my name is John Gallagher. I was with your husband this morning when he called you from the Walter? airport. Yes. Walter's in Germany. Could, could I come in for a moment, please? It's rather important. Sure. Oh, I have to apologize for the house. See, I just began working nights this month, and somehow I don't find the time to straighten up. Uh, what about Walter? He was my prisoner. And he escaped. I'd like to get a hold of him before he makes it even worse for himself. Walter, a prisoner? Uh, look, Walter and I haven't had a hell of a lot to say to each other in quite some time. We might as well be divorced, but he's in Germany or some damn place, and we just haven't got around to it. I mean, you know how that is. Who's that, please? That's Walter. So this, this is, what's lovely about the script is, you know, things don't make sense. Things are coming around him. And he's smart enough to understand how duplicitous these projects, conspiracies can be. going to go visit a very important person now. There she is. Colonel Gallagher? Yes, Nancy. There's a Sergeant Gallagher requesting permission to see you. He said something about being your ex-husband. A little touch with Jean looking through the doorway. The dynamics between Jean and Joanna are wonderful in this movie as, as these former married couple who still have a feeling and well, love, but conflict is still there. Huh. I thought you were in Germany. Mm. Good to see you. Good to see you. I, I, love the way, I love the way you sort of won't kiss him there, you know? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Notice anything different? Um, dyed your hair. Oh, oh he mentions my hair. Tell, talk about the hair. Yeah. Oh, the hair. I okay. looks pretty red to me. Well, a little bit, a little bit. Touch of red, but... I had just come from doing Roger Rabbit, and they my, they did my hair brown, and then... You want me to pull a record? I didn't have time to do it back to red, so... Well, what'd you do this time? Punch out a cop? Tell a general... Look at us together. My goodness, what a couple. window of some lady's boudoir. No, I lost my package. He lost his package. Welcome to Chicago. Yeah. We made a good couple. Yeah. So this is where they did Untouchables. This is where I've used this station so many times. Different. My first movie, Stony Island, Code of Silence, and uh, this we just grabbed all this stuff. No permits. Just ran around. Nobody knew we were even shooting. We we're hidden. I love this handoff of the of the of the weapon here. I, I'm giving these are. I'm giving away things, I'm sorry. And here's another lovely couple, Pam Greer and Joanna as colleagues here. 
<clears throat> Pam and I met on a Corman movie that I was the cameraman on. Johnny, I'd like you to meet Lieutenant Ruth Butler. How you doing, ma'am? How do you do, Sergeant? I've heard a lot about you. Oh. Fort Dix, basic, jump school, currently 82nd Airborne, temporarily attached Berlin Brigade. You didn't know him there? No. Prisoner? No, this is the guy that a nurse says is her husband. Picture on the wall. Court martial escaped, arrested East Berlin in transit as of yesterday. Yeah. Anything about Vietnam? No, this man was not in Vietnam. My package was in Nam, I'm sure of that. Oh, let me call the wife and see if I can shake her story. You want to use this phone? Um, I gotta go, okay? Uh, thanks for nice Sergeant. Sure. Good luck. Yeah, thank you very much. Eileen. How was going on here? Provost Marshal figured out. <clears throat> She's not home. You got to report in, Johnny. Look, I'm awful. I'll give you a ride. There were lots of people who died who were connected to the Kennedy assassination who unbelievably weird situations who things happened to them and and we're trying to layer in that kind of tension. Got the number of his tab? I got it. We clean here? We're clean. Make the call. I love the dynamics between you two here. This is a pretty amazing sequence. You still living with that swab jockey? Swab jockey? Yeah, the sailor. I know what swab jockey means. No, I'm no longer living with Lieutenant Commander Wycross. Well, that's good, because he was a real jerk. <laughs> so you're living alone, huh? Yeah, sometimes. What does that mean? <laughs> it means that sometimes I live alone, and sometimes I don't live alone. For how long? A while. Well, what's while? <laughs> it's a big mammal that swims in the ocean. Oh, well, come on. It's a, so you're alone, right? I said so. No, you didn't. You said sometimes you live alone, and sometimes you don't live alone. It's like you're jumping in and out of a bed on a regular basis. I just want to talk about my personal life with you, okay? I was just trying to be friendly, for Christ's no, sake. No, you What's... weren't. No, you weren't. Do me a favor and keep your nose out of my P's and Q's. <laughs> That's funny. And secondly, some kind of friend you are. You don't even ask me about my health or my career. How's your health? All you want to talk about is my sex life. How's your career? <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah. Pretty great sequence. I don't know how they, uh, Bishop, I think it was coming from, from within for both of you. <laughs> yeah, I think it was too. <laughs> Please keep away from the edge of the platform by the show snip. You know, Joanna, this, is, this train system was built by Yerkes, the famous Chicago engineer who also built the observatory that you oh, used in, oh, oh. In, in, chain, in chain reaction. 
So there's a connection here. Six degrees of separation. Yeah. Yerkes, what what nationality is that? I don't know. I don't know. This is uh, the old um, Glenview Naval Air Station near Waukegan, Illinois. Great Lakes Training Center in Waukegan, Illinois. Oh, for Christ's sake, John! Tom Marth, how you how doing? How you doing, buddy? Good what to see you, you here. I'm stationed at headquarters company. How about yourself? Oh, well, in transit. Yeah. I'll be a son of a gun. I still owe you for saving my ass that time in Fort Dix. You remember? You can buy. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a gallon. This guy's really Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, oh. this is this was Gene's double. Uh-huh. His, his buddy, his, his right hand man. He was a baseball player. They were very good friends. Right, right. He went with him everywhere. I think yeah. he was with him in every yeah. film. Yeah. So the. The inside of this building is where we also did the Berlin sequence at the opening, and we used the basement and and other parts of it for the safe house in Chicago. This is a, I love, this could be any year anywhere except Mm -hmm. for the bed. I mean, the the lighting Mm -hmm. and the architecture. Frank Tidy shot the duelists, and that's why I loved working with him. He did, I didn't know. Yeah, he he, he did the duelists. He did that beautifully. Yeah, I would live in Chicago. I love Chicago. Love it. Yeah. Okay, Ruth, I owe you one for this. Be with you shortly. Why would someone want to take the place of a guy going to prison? He gets into the country without a passport. He's here, no one knows he's here. You know, that explains the uh, fight at the airport. It was uh, was like a setup, you know, Springer. He must be a very important guy. What did he talk about? Must have been something about him that rang true. I don't know, Nemo. Who the hell knows what's the truth and what's a lie? Why does he want to smuggle himself in? If he isn't Walter Hanke, where's the real Hanke? This is a Polish. Uh, Union Hall in Chicago. We turned into this Nazi gathering. Carl Richards, how are you? Who is he? He looks like Ron a Dean. Real, yeah. Ron Dean. Ron Dean has been in almost all my movies. Yeah. The guy on the right? Yes. Yeah, that's Ron Dean. He's a great Chicago actor. He looks like a real Russian. Yeah, well, he's proud to be. Man, the left is Mike James. Both of these guys have been in probably six of my movies. Nuclear hell, we're gonna bring down and rain on you. And what do you think this governor's conference is about, huh? You know what I think it's about? I think it's about jumping on the peace wagon, which incidentally is the same wagon that my daddy used to haul fertilizer in. And a lot of these actors, local actors, were in Code of Silence. And then Above the Law, which is both of the two films I did before this. And only one court martial on a special forces advisor who served in Salvador. Let's go and 
Notice the old video, the old tapes. They had four hard drives. Thomas boy yet. Assaulted. There's probably some insurance company in Chicago where we did this. You two look great together. Silver Star, Bronze Star. Who is this guy? Sergeant Rock? Operation Sundown. What was that? I don't know. It's too secret for our file. Well, what about these uh, reference numbers down the bottom? Uh, it means further information, higher clearance. Oh, damn. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me call in some markets at the Pentagon, okay? And uh, run the stuff through. I don't know. Are you sure? You stuck your neck out so far on this already. If you start getting into need to know areas. Don't worry about it, okay? You know, once I get some, I'll call you, all right? I'll get out of here. Thanks, Ruth. So, did you sit on Santa's lap? Would you tell him I was a good boy? <laughs> I gotta go I'll call you back. This is Dennis Cockrum, who is in uh, Code of Silence, also the f famous scene where the two, the two idiots try to hold up a cop bar. Is that a true story? Someone's accessing a Thomas Boyette. Gallagher, Eileen, something weird has come up on this Boyette guy. We, we could be way in over our heads on this. Ruthie, what's going on? Is your car in front? I'll meet you there in 10 minutes and don't speak to cops. These are the steps of the Field Museum in Chicago for Washington. The woman standing up on the stairs is my mother. I think she got screen credit and some residuals for this. <laughs> That's the power of a director. <laughs> Special extra. Eddie Bow escaped on the train with Harrison and the fugitive. Get up, Sergeant. You got a phone call. 
Yeah. Johnny. Ruth's dead. What? She found something. She was really scared, and she told me to meet her by my car. When I got there, she was lying in the street. They're calling it a hit and run. Where are you now? I'm at a phone booth. Hey. You go home. I'll meet you there. Yeah, but Johnny, you're restricted to the base. Just go home. Okay. Martha's John. I got a problem. I gotta get out of here. Listen. Now, listen to me. Get some wheels. Meet me on the road by the gate. Five minutes. Those are the same guys who were on the bridge in Berlin. Now they're back in America. So they've got a, a small group of people involved in this conspiracy. Hey, Tom. We've got a release and transfer for a man restricted here, Sergeant John Gallagher. Always have to worry about the continuity with clothes. Where did he get the clothes? How did he get the clothes? How's he get? Did he go shopping? You know. So you always have to figure out when people are on the run how to deal with all that. Well, thank goodness we have those script supervisors who are <laughs> so on top of that, right? Yeah. I mean, the really frightening part is that all this does go on. Yeah. Hiding is in trouble. Oh, you're not. And thank goodness you make movies about it. Cars, truck. All right, at the truck, yeah. for God's sake. What do you say? In the back, under that tarp. Gene was very game for running around the cold so much in this jumping around. How, how old was he at the time we made this movie? Mid 60s? Mid 60s. Yeah. I think this blue car was the car that I had as my company car. We gave it to you to save money. Colonel Gallagher? Yes? Ralph Burns, Arlington Police. My partner, Tom Garcia. What's this all about? Sergeant John Gallagher, ma'am. He says he was with you for a period of time this afternoon. Yeah. Well, we'd appreciate it if you'd accompany us back to the station and sign a statement. He needs all the help he can get. Okay, sure. Whoa, baby. Yeah. A cookie. You run really well in heels, kid. Yeah, I know. Very, very hard. <laughs> it was freezing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, 
hell was that all about? This one of the clowns in the airport. He's dead. Johnny, I'm parked over here. Okay. Get out of here, Martin. What do you mean? I'm not leaving now. Yeah. Hey! We're okay. What do you mean you're okay? There's a dead body here. Hey! What's that actor's name again? He's really, I like him so much. He's yeah. so good. Marco St. John. Yeah. Marco St. John. <clears throat> I used him again in uh, Under Siege because he was in New Orleans, in Mobile, Alabama. Arlington, Virginia Police Department, ID. Illinois driver's license under the name Ralph Therese. Got a return ticket to Chicago under the same name. Boy, we shot this in Hyde Park, not too far from Obama's house. Oh. Yeah. Chicago. I think he was from Chicago. That's where we're gonna go. Johnny, we have to get some help. Like who? I don't know. Let's talk to some real cops this time. Yeah, I know a guy in Chicago I can trust. Oh, great, Chicago. There's a rental car there. I'll get those license plates. How can I leave Washington? What about Ruth? Well, you're not going to do any good here. Well, how do we know that Chicago God damn it, has... I don't know. I don't know anything. Except we will to get it out of this alive. We're gonna have to do it on our own. These people can be anybody they want to be. It scares the piss out of me. But I'll drive. I know the way to the interstate. See a romance in bloom. Got something for you. <laughs> the romance, what, a romance in bloom. A romance in bloom. They were married once. Right. We've been married three times. I don't know. It could be your package. Thomas Boyette. Look at this. Court martial for striking an officer. It was ten years ago. This all would have been done process. But we did this for real. We were really on the freeways mm -hmm. shooting the stuff. Colonel from Operations. Yes. Yeah, so. Mean anything? I don't know. Outer Drive, South Side of Chicago, Michigan Avenue. Maher Ahmed had to design that whole thing, that whole piece, uh, Christmas device. This is a South Shore country club, once a restricted country club, an Irish club, wouldn't let blacks or Jews or anybody else in on the South Side. Now it's a city, city building. Fine. The General Secretary will take the arm of the President and proceed to the wreath site. 
We want the press and the cameras to have as much access as possible, so we're asking for 60-foot throws in all three locations. Oh, come on, Bob. Jack, billions will be watching these two peacemakers present the... Joe Gazzaldo there was the prosecutor in uh, The Fugitive, Thalma Sosula, that was in Cool Breeze with me. He, I was a cameraman, Chelsea Ross. All these, all these actors are in several of my movies. You're not such a bad guy. I think I kind of like you. You're patronizing me again, Rogers. Come on, Jack. Come on. Hello, Hopkins. Gentlemen. Do we stand down? Negative, sir. Gallagher and the woman? They're on the police network nationwide when they pick them up. We'll take care of them. Go to Chicago. I assume we are entering the third quarter <laughs> as we speak. There's a chameleon. Mm -hmm. The guy rubbing his hands in the back is Mike Malone, who was one of our location managers, who was also picture of him as a terrorist earlier but he, he Mike was the associate producer on Life of Pi he he made all that tank work for Life of Pi years later he became a very successful production manager producer. he's a scene stealer scene stealer <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna love this Carl you're right I love it it's me Hi. Hi. This is Laurie. She'll help you get set up here. Get you anything you need. My old secretary. <laughs> a great cover, you know, a travel agency. People coming in and out all the time. Yeah, all your contact will be through here. Anything you have to report about our friends down at the bingo hall, you do it out of here. That's a secure phone. Good. Coffee. <laughs> hey, uh, Carl, maybe I get one of those uh, name plaques, something like that? Yeah, sure, we'll get you one. The setup is perfect. Really? Yeah, it is. The inside-outside balances are very difficult and well achieved. Like we just saw that scene where you can see the snow outside. It's hard having the inside and outside be real. Uh, without lots of work, either lighting or gelling the windows, and Frank did a really good job with that. Residence? Yeah. Is Walter home? He's dead. 
Yeah, he, he's been dead for some 12 years now. Do you have a son named Walter? You mean Sonny? Yes, ma'am. Is Sonny home? You a friend of Sonny's, are you? Oh, we keep missing each other, yeah. Oh, well, the leaflets are right inside here. They are. Leaflets, that's wonderful. Thank you. And do you know where we can find Sonny? Huh, I don't even know where he sleeps at night. I don't understand this new job he's got. Uh, do you know where he is right now? Probably at the same place you're taking those leaflets. Oh, yeah, over at the, uh... The hall. Yeah, the hall. Mm -hmm. The one on, uh... Noble. On Noble Street, right? Avenue. Noble Avenue. You know where Noble Avenue crosses, uh... Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee. You know, St. Stefanski's bingo hall at Milwaukee. Pretty cute. Mm hmm. Hi. I'm trying to locate a detective, Mylon Delich. Mylon Delich is a combination of two names of kids that went to high school with Serbians on the south side of Chicago. How you doing, fella? Great day to be an American, isn't it? Is Mike James one of the most left-wing guys I know playing a Nazi? Walter, Hanky. What, are you a friend of his? What do you think I'm doing carrying these fucking things around? You tell me. Where is old Walter? You're his friend. Well, his mother just asked me to drop these off, so drop them. I'll send someone down to talk to you. Bye-bye, thanks. All your movies have a lot of testosterone, Andy. Really? <laughs> Steel Big Steel Little wasn't quite like that. Your buddy's a lieutenant in Vice. He gets off at 7. How about that other phone number? Real estate broker handles a string of office buildings downtown. A lot of tough guys. Bad guy. Bad men screw up the world. It's doing movies about bad men, you know. Mm -hmm. Too much testosterone. Here you go, sir. Big rally downtown to stop the communists. They're living right here in our neighborhood. You wear that? This is Milwaukee Avenue. Communists right here. This uh the old Chicago police headquarters on eleventh street. This is Dennis Franz, who was first movie was my first movie when he was part of the organic theater. 
and I was really lucky yeah. to get him to come back and be with Joanna and Jean in this movie. Also a vet. Gene, Gene and, and both of them were vets, real vets. He was in Vietnam and Gene was in, I guess, Korea. This doesn't exist anymore. The Tiki Lounge, a famous bar in Hyde Park. Mm -hmm. It was the real owner of the bar, Cyril. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good. Yeah, all right, thanks. Listen, if you get anything else, give me a call at the house, will you? All right, thanks. Bye. I'll see you. So this is before NYPD Blue, I think, and yeah, and yeah, but after Hull Street Blues, right? Uh huh. Right. Yeah. So Dennis was just about to blow up even more. <laughs> You're wanted for questioning about a killing in Arlington, and there's a national security tag on you. Somebody wants you real bad, Johnny. Nothing about a Lieutenant Ruth Butler. Not yet. But I got somebody checking in that. And there was nothing but the shootout in the garage last night. That seems to be going down as between drug gangs. I don't know what you got yourself into, pal. But their team's playing with bigger hitters. I know it's asking to help a lot. Sure is. I don't understand if you don't want to help out. Uh, hey, I didn't, I didn't say I don't. I'm just thinking this. I got 18 years invested here. And you come walking up out of my past like saying the one year we spend in country is all that counts. And I agree with you. And that's like some kind of weird shit. So it takes a guy who was in the military to write that kind of line, I think. Bishop. Thanks. Come on. Let's find you a place to sleep. This is Beverly. That's perfect. Beverly, Beverly neighborhood, <laughs> south south side of Chicago. I could sleep anywhere, Milo. Really? Yeah, you probably could. In fact, you both look like you could fall asleep standing up. Huh? Don't worry, he's used to it. There we go. Whew! I gotta stop feeding that kid. <laughs> Listen, you want a beer, Johnny? Yeah. Thank you. Owls of the Hilton. Rennie Santoni. You really got to cast the characters. Yeah, in really. Tell you. Yeah. How much can he know? His pal, Lieutenant Delich, would be humming. Maybe you ought to scrap this thing, Colonel. 
Maybe we ought to scrub the whole goddamn country, Boyette. That suits you? Suit yourself. I do. You have thus far. Otherwise, this wouldn't be necessary, would it? We'll follow them tomorrow. No. No, you want somebody, you don't follow them. You wait until they come to you. This detective, friend of Gallagher's, has been looking for information on Therese, right? Yeah. So give him some. Set something up. And when they reach for it, kill them both. Where are you going? Going to the opera. It's a toddle in town. Season over. Where are you going? You want Gallagher killed, kill him. You don't need me, sir. You're a professional. There's no criminal activity going on in here. Ralph Foody, great Chicago actor, also in Code of Silence, above the law. Solid citizen. Yeah, listen, did he look like this? I wouldn't know. I never met him. His secretary runs the suite. Well, that makes sense. You look great, Joanna. You look I great do? in this movie, yeah. <laughs> nice warm coats. Beautiful. Some kind of connection here. Probably had a lot of support, those people walking down the streets of Chicago like that. Here the here the peace next. This is in front of the Hilton where the Democratic Convention of 68, where all the, the police riot took place. Reliving my early days as a Chicago filmmaker, cameraman, assistant. Got in a black jacket there. The stocking cap? Right there. I think that's Walter Henke. All right, look, if we get separated, meet at my house. There, kid, swallowed in the crowd. See how easily people can get trampled in a crowd like that. They're everywhere. The cops are involved, recognizing people. This is once the largest hotel in the world, 
the Conrad Hilton of Chicago. It's a beautiful hotel. I'll take that here, sir. So, this is Daddy G, Gene Barge on the left, the man stopping right here. You know, school is out courted three play at Daddy G. He played sax, and he was in the lead in Stony Island in many, many movies. A dear friend, still playing the horn, 84 years old. They put a hanky in the squad car. They probably took him to 11th Street. Let's get over there. Where's Eileen? She went into the hotel. Hey, look, John, if you want to get this guy Hanky alone, I got to pull him quick. Eileen can take care of So there was a huge movement, you know, to, at this time in American history to stop you know, the Cold War from growing and get rid of bombs, you know. It's Henry Godinus. He played the, 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 the priest in Above the Law who was... Seagal had a save. I remember we should this is what jail this is at. There's a police uh, it was a police headquarters. Alright, everybody up. I need to see everybody up. Some joint called the uh, New Yankee Grill over on Wilson Avenue. You know what it's at? Oh, but I'll find it. So these are two Chicago stage actors who were getting to make movies when this film started growing in Chicago. I think Dennis and Ron had probably worked in the theater together. This is Danny Goldring, who's also in a lot of my films. I look like a cow to you. Hello, Tony. Who's this? He's with the state's attorney. Come on, let's get a booth. Hey, I don't know the man. You know me, don't you? Huh? For Christ's sakes, the fucking guy's with me. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Hey, Jesus Christ, we're gonna bring fucking Al Capone in here. I want to see some identification. Hey. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's undercover. He's not carrying identification, all right? Drugs? Rackets. Don't he talk? Okay. Well, what do you got for me? You were told I got something for you? Yeah. We've been set up. Let's get out of here. I was with a Steadicam it was the first time I had access to it. It was a little cumbersome, but we, we used it for the first time. And then I 
after this, I use it all the time. How many were there? I counted three, I think. What do you, what do you say? Yeah. All right, police. It's all over with. I remember this night, I was looking at a monitor because I couldn't get close to Gene because of the logistics, and I was watching him, his close-up on the monitor, and Gene got upset with me because, you know, why aren't you watching me? I said, Gene, I can see you much better, you know, on the, on the monitor. And he, says, and he says, well, I don't hate monitors. I said, well, Francis Coppola uses monitors. He says, well, you ain't no Francis Coppola. You know? Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, and years, years later, we bumped into each other after The Fugitive in, uh, in Santa Barbara. It was very sweet. But uh, you know, he, he, wanted, he wanted you to be right there next to the camera yeah. watching rather than seeing it through things. But in the reality is you can hear and see better sometimes looking at the monitor. Yeah. Well, it was a toss-up. I remember before I was always wanting the director right there, but then, then you quickly had to get used to somebody being on the other side of the yeah. curtain, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. You felt you weren't being supported enough, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, it would take more time. You'd have to go back and look at the mm -hmm. tape and make yes, sure the framing yes. was right and see how it came off the lighting and everything. We did this in Rogers Park, um, right around the corner from the Heartland Cafe in Morris Avenue. I was born about a block from here. That's real snow. You know, it's neat to think about actors, how they work together, you know. Gene and, and Dennis probably haven't spoken since they did the package, but, you know, if Gene's flipping channels and someone of Dennis's old show shows up, he goes, he's, he's got to say, I, I know that, I work with that guy, I remember being with him. It's a thrill to be sitting with other people and say, oh, I work with them, I right. work with them, I work Her. with them. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. pretty amazing. Sure, we can talk to everybody. Hey, come on. Army wants to talk to you. Arlington, Virginia police want to talk to you. A lot of people looking for you, pal. Sergeant John Gallagher, you're coming with us. Hey, wait a minute. You're coming with us. Hey, wait. Who the hell are Let's these? Let's go. This theme is very similar to fugitive themes. You know, the, the James James Newton Howard was able to use similar kind of things. And actually, the setting is the Hilton's where the right here is where the fugitive ends. So I said earlier, this is like it was like a. In some ways, it was the fugitive was an extension 
of this of the visuals and this in the music of this movie. Traveling in the downtown area tomorrow. Traffic is going to be murder from O'Hare all the way into the loop. President and the Soviet Premier are going to make Christmas shopping even What hard. works, works. Blind him. So what do you think of the treaty? All lines are open for your calls. So let's hear whether you're for or against the treaty. And I've got a caller on line one. Yeah, hello, Ira. Hey, Ira, this is Nick from Cicero. No, they've got him sedated. But he's okay. So they say. Well, do they know anything? No, nobody knows anything. Mylan was in a gunfight, some narcotic thing. A lot of men were hurt. Detectives are waiting at the hospital to talk to Mylan. But Johnny? I don't know, Eileen. He'll call you here, won't he? like that was gene wearing a pad to, there, was, there was probably a pad i just say the pad on his on his belly and the yeah. pad on the wall when he hit his head right right yeah going down there we keep him here until they tell us what they want done brilliant the newswoman is carol gray the wife of mike gray my dear friend who wrote the china syndrome she was a journalist and i just last night i heard it hey carol's voice is in there hmm. it's amazing how you you get brought back to connections and things. Lincoln Park. security checking the sewers making sure there are no bombs this is all pre 9-11 of course you know but it's still dogs and plating behind the podium yes sir that came in last night put a man in a booth behind that fellow that's a real FBI agent in Othalmus Masulula there they're airborne better get to O'Hare Agent Clark
For some reason, people love the fact that the milk and cookies gets brought down by Tommy Lee. Or, <laughs> they like the touch. I don't remember if it was in the script or the actors came up with it or we came up with it. Photos. Who are you working for? Tony, that information is privileged and confidential. I can tell you it pays very well. Who? Who pays you? Public servant. <laughs> You're a walking zero, Tom. You're a walking fucking zero, Tom. So this music, here's the last night. This music is almost identical to the music in the Fugitive, where Harrison goes and gets his IDs made and poses as his janitor and buys clothes, the, gro the groove that James Newton Howard uses here. Once again, as you say, when it works, use it. So we had to go out to O'Hare and bring all these cars out there. A lot of work with Gorbachev and Bush. Russian limo there in the middle, see? My friend Joe Casala was in this band, a Chicago cop. The guy in the front, I think he's about seven feet tall. Look at how tall he is with his hat on there. This is... Uh, University of Chicago, where the atom was split. So I think Pappas talks about my daughter's graduating from the school next week, MBA program. Congratulations. ...have arrived here at the University of Chicago on the second leg of their historic journey meant to signal the end of the nuclear threat. The two leaders are placing a wreath at the memorial here on the campus near the spot where Enrico Fermi and a team of dedicated scientists first cracked the atom, opening the way not only for the use of nuclear energy for peaceful purposes, but for the creation of the horrible weapons of mass destruction that the Soviet and American treaty now aims to eliminate. Accompanying the president and his Soviet counterpart is the secretary of state and members of the Soviet and American negotiating teams. From here, the leaders will ride together to the Hilton Hotel. I, I love the issues that are in this movie, you know? The the, they're still really relevant and, and, and timely, and, and you don't get too many films with these kind of issues discussed these days, you know? Where's Bakugo? 
you handle old Sarge? No problem. Oh dear. I love it too. It reminds you of all the secrets that are kept and the things that we don't know about. Yeah. One of the so-called conspirators. Nothing's really happened and we have to cover up, Sarge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a behind-the-scenes thriller. Good limberness for a guy mm -hmm. his age. Mm -hmm. oh, I could do that. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't seem exactly stiff. He's smart because he was on the ground so long. And you could too if you thought you were going to burn up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You guys like your eggs scrambled. That's all I know how to do. Mom said you loved him, and I did the best I can, but I know I can't cook like her. Hello. Eileen, it's Johnny. You're in danger. Get out of the house. Where are you? You get to Milan. I'm going to the traveling. Come on, guys. Get your coats on. Hurry up. I'm going to take you over to the neighbors. Let's make a move. Come on. Scotty to my next door neighbor and stay with him, huh? His mother will meet him there. Dad, what are you doing? What's going on? Car key, Scotty. And I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Don't go into the house, all right? I'll meet you there later. Come on, I think it's gone.
coordinating this shot was interesting to get the scale of the city and to tie into the motorcade. You were talking earlier about, about balancing the light inside and out, and that, that really is a trick. Yeah. You know, just from doing still photography, that's yeah. really not an easy feat. Lots of cars in this movie. Expensive limos and government vehicles. streets. Terry Leonard did this chase sequence. The President of the United States and the General Secretary of the Soviet Union. It's wonderful to do a big scene like this. You know, you have all these people or extras and happy to be in a Chicago movie and applauding for the George Bush and Mikhail Gorbachev. We had a consultant, uh, General Jean Carroll, Admiral Jean Carroll for the Center for Defense Information, who was uh, very involved in disarmament, who was funded by Paul Newman. And this is the president of uh, Physicians for Social Responsibility. Uh, so we, we had tried to use real people as much as possible to play these roles.
sniper up there. They're trying to get the president. Get to the hotel. Get the Secret Service. Stop the president. Glad you took the heels off, Joanna. <laughs> Me too. It would, it would, would have not been appropriate. You said that you would be happy to New York. Yes. So we'll have a great time in the Big Apple. <laughs> she was the real daughter of one of the bad Russian generals. Time in the service, Tommy Lee Jones. No, no, he, no. He went from uh, he went from Harvard into the theater. I don't know how he got. I don't know whether he was he got he just dismissed the the draft because of a number or because of a physical thing from football. You see the breath there? Yeah. Oh yes. That this is that's the real location, and then some of these other things are in a set. So I'm trying to remember oh, how how uh -huh. he coordinated that. Because you don't see it coming out here. I think we did both. We wanted to do a real tie-in. This is set up. They never intended to shoot the president from here. As we refrigerated the set, it's possible. That's the real Walter Henke. He's the patsy. It's supposed to look like he got shot afterwards. Yeah. There's got to be somebody else here. So clever. You never would have thought this was going to happen. What are you referring to? What was going to happen? You mean to the, the, who were they going to shoot? Mm -hmm. Boy, that's on the L platform. <laughs> So this is the Romanian father of mine learning Russian. I think there's a big discussion about whether we we're going to put the birthmark on Gorbachev's head or not. Mm -hmm. I don't think remember we did it. What are you doing here? How are you feeling? Geez, I heard about last night. I asked you, what are you doing here? They got me a signing for that president thing. Hold it. Stop! Freeze, asshole! French connection here. <laughs> We were so lucky to find a guy who looks so much like Gorbachev. Unbelievable. In Chicago there. There's a Russian car. 
телевизионных экранах всего мира. ABC, CBN, советское телевидение снимает вас. That's the real deal. It was we, we did sometimes to the real street, and other times we did with a, a backing. Watch it! Yeah. It's Carson's or Marshall Fields. You could have got something on sale. You ran right through the store. <laughs> I did. Thomas, Thomas was quite ill at this point of his life. He was freezing when we were shooting this, but he's, he hung in there. Get some more men down here. He was the one, the, the photo op, they wanted the photo op, he said it in Russian, to get him out of the car so they could shoot him. Oh. And if you look closely, you're gonna see my daughter here as a baby. Coming up, there's Joanna running through the crowd. A workout on this movie, kid. Almost looked like Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> That's not my daughter. Yeah. There's Grandpa, and then the girl in the turquoise behind. He just put down his his granddaughter right there. Ah, got her. <laughs> There she is again. We had all these Russian, Polish women. Da. Da. There's <laughs> James James Newton Howard did a great job with this score. It's a wonderful film, Mandy. Well, thank you for making it. You feel this empathy between them, even though he's the monster, you know, mm -hmm. and he's so misguided. You feel like this, this history of military background they mm -hmm. shared. The cynic yeah. and the believer. Shadow warriors, huh? Get your goddamn hands off me, Sergeant. Better take your fucking head off. This was your operation right from the very beginning, wasn't it? You killed General Carlson, the whole thing. What operation, Sergeant? I don't see that anything's happened here. There's a body in there. Yeah. Body of a man you smuggled into the country. If I were you, I'd run. What are you working for the Russians, huh? They hire you to kill one of their own? Or you miss war so much you're trying to start one all by yourself. Hasn't been a world war in 50 years, Sergeant. You ever wonder why? Nuclear weapons. We want them, the Soviets want them. We? Who's we? A bunch of nutcases? If it wasn't for nuclear weapons, Sergeant, you'd be fighting the Russians in the streets of Washington right I'll now. I'll take my chance. You're a that. fool. 
We're in separate armies, you know that, pal? But you're out in the light now. And you're gonna be scurrying for the dark. And I'm gonna see you get stepped on. Bishop did a great job with some of this dialogue. You know, he, he really Dead did. Man, Sergeant. Gene involved. Heard. Powerful. Very powerful. Great. I love that piece on Earth of your face there. Worldwide joy surrounding the Soviet-American Disarmament Treaty continued today, but on Capitol Hill, a more somber mood as Army Sergeant John Gallagher went before a closed-door session of the House Intelligence Committee to tell what he knows about the bizarre plot to assassinate the Soviet General Secretary and prevent the signing of the pact. Evidence of the plot, hatched by renegade Soviet and American military leaders, surfaced only hours after the treaty was finalized. Gallagher's information has already led to the discovery of the bodies of one and possibly two of the would-be assassins. I think they're going to stay together. Kind of think so too. Army Colonel Glenn Whitaker as one of the leaders of the conspiracy. Intelligence officials vow to pursue all possible angles in the case, no matter where they may lead. Ну что, доигрались, ребятки? Потрясай. What's that? Why are we stopping, Sergeant? Sorry, sir. Just checking the map. I guess we'll never find out who was involved, ultimately. Anyway, great, great, great cast. Yeah. Great movie. You can't say it about your own movies. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, very lucky to make this film. I want to thank... Uh, yeah, wonderful. Bill Bernstein, Mike Medavoy, and the people at Orion at the time. And mm -hmm. I'm glad MGM is releasing it. It has a Blu-ray through Kino. Yeah. And... Uh, and it's time for it again. Okay. Well, the timeliness, you know, of what's going on with the Cold War and yes. Russia, and we still have 5,000 weapons aimed at each other, still pretty stupid and crazy. And I guess we say we can have them, but nobody else can have them. Yeah. Christine Cassell was the woman who was the head of oh. Physicians for Social Responsibility. Jim Dennett was the guy who gave me one of my first jobs in the business. Charles Newworth went on to do a lot of big movies. All these guys went on to have pretty big careers. Frank Miller was the guy who gave me my first job as an assistant cameraman, and I was his assistant. He became my operator. Drew Ann Carlson. Alphonse Blumenthal, great. Gino Cardidio did electric and gaffer work. Anyway, you'll see these, a lot of these names in a lot of my movies, so... Scott Smith, this fugitive, many, many movies. Yeah, her was a production designer on Holes, Guardian. Doug Madison did The Godfather. 
He did The Fugitive with us. Isn't this wonderful? It's rolling slowly. You can yeah, read you can it. actually read it. Well, you know, on TV, <laughs> it's going to go a million miles an hour, right? I know. <laughs> yes, you do see these names now. Yeah. Lunsgaard, one of the early Panavision Panaglide operators. They didn't, call, they didn't call it Steadicam, it was called oh, Panic. Jeannie Epper, I've worked yeah. with her. Terry a lot Mayer. of these people. Allegra Clegg became a big production person. Teresa Tucker Davies worked with me, produced Holes. Chris Albrecht, no, I know that. No, that, that, no there's a Chris Albrecht who's the head of a, oh. the, the network. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same, maybe it's the same guy. Maybe. I don't think so. Mass, Little Landecker, and Klein became big mixers, were big mixers. Marty Page uh, did the score of The Fugitive with James Newton Howard. His son was in a great musician, David Page. There's Richie Davis, that's my brother, he wrote some of that music there. Gene Carroll is when I was talked about, and Christine Cassell. Okay. Here's all the thank yous. Society Pipes and Drums. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joanna, for being part of this and being My in the movie. My pleasure. Okay. I want to thank Walt and me for making it happen. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yes. Okay. <laughs>